I don't know what that does for you, but for me, I just want to thank God. I just want to worship him. He alone is worthy of our glory. He's worthy of our honor. He's worthy of all praise in the name of Jesus. Well, glory to God. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Milton Jones. I'm the senior leader here at Ignite Depot, and I want to welcome you to our Good Friday celebration as we celebrate what Jesus is, has went to the cross for you and for me. He went to the cross that we might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. So I'm not going to I'm going to jump right into the word tonight. I'm going to jump right into what it is that, that he had for me. And it's interesting because last night when I was uh, laying down, I was getting ready to go to sleep. And that song just for me came up in my spirit. And I just began to sing the song and sing the song. And then early this morning, I woke up and that was the song that was in my spirit. I'm like, okay. If you don't brought it up to me more than once, evidently there's something I'm supposed to do with it. So you know what? We're just going to be obedient to what it is he said. And as a result of being obedient to what it is the father said, this message came forth. So I'm going to ask you right now to, to stretch forth your hands right now with me. Stretch forth your hands right now with me. Receive, receive 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 the burden removing yoke destroying power that's available right now to remove every burden to destroy every yoke every burden every yoke all anxiety all depression all worry all fear we take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus, and we declare and decree you will cease in your maneuvers and you would desist in your operation against God's people. You do it now in the name of Jesus. We declare and decree that it is so now in Jesus' name. Say, I will not be anxious because I know God is always with me. Say that with me. I will not be anxious. I will not be fearful. I will not be full of care. Why? Because I know God is with me. So I'm going to make my prayers and supplications known unto him with thanksgiving. And when I do, I know, I know that when I begin to make my prayers and supplications to him, he says, he says this, he says, and my peace, which passes all understanding, my peace, which passes all She'll, she'll come across your heart and, and your mind it will guard it like centurions guarding a castle. That peace. Oh, receive it right now. Receive your peace. Receive your peace. Receive your peace. Receive your peace right now in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus said, I came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. And he said, I said it over 2,000 years ago. And guess what? That same, that same thing is available for you now. All you have to do is receive it. So we're going to jump right into the word right now in the name of Jesus. I make this declaration that in accordance to Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, it says this. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. 
He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons of them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. Mm, receive that right now. Receive your comfort right now in the name of Jesus. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Make the exchange. Come on now. Make the exchange right now. Give your sorrows. Give your worries. Give your fears. Give your concerns over and, and lay them at the altar and receive his joy and receive his comfort and receive his peace right now in the name of Jesus. He says that he says that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall build the old place, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but, Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Continue, continue to move up and down the airways, move across every household, move across every airway, move across every continent, move across every heart, every ear, every eye, and let them to begin to see, and let them begin to hear, and let them begin to receive the engrafted word that's available to restore their minds, their wills, their emotions, to bring about healing, to bring about deliverance, to bring about wholeness right now in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. And we believe that it's so in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to share this with you and then we're going to, we're going to jump right in. Now, if I was to give this message a title, the title of this message would be Just For Me. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, just for me. Turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, he did it just for me. Point to yourself and say, hey, I want to let you know if there would have been nobody else here, he still would have did it just for me. So right now, I want you, want you to get focused. I want you to get your pen out, get your paper out. If you have an iPad, if you have a tablet, whatever you have, a utensil, get it out. Man, I guarantee this message is going to bless your life. And the interesting thing about this, I'm going to tell you the solution before I, I'm going to tell you what it was that caused Jesus to be able to live life on earth and go to, and be able to go to the cross, go through all the scourging and everything that he went through in order to get to the cross. I said he went through all kinds of things before he ever got to the cross and what was his motivation and what was his drive what was his mindset that enabled him to be able to conquer because god said told me to tell you this if you let this mind this same mindset be on the inside of you you will have a victorious life just like jesus can i get one good amen out there 
in the name of Jesus. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this. It says, but eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them which love him. But God. Pause and think about that for a second. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Holy Spirit. So God will never allow you to be in the dark. Why? Because he's already placed the CIA or the Central Intelligent Agent, otherwise known as the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is there to do what? To reveal the secret things, to reveal the hidden thing, to reveal to you whatever it is necessary to cause you to win, to cause you to hit, live the God kind of life that's in abundance to the full until it overflows. So you have on the inside of you the central intelligent agent who will lead and guide you into all truth. He will teach you in all things and bring back to your remembrance all the words in which Christ has said unto you. He lives on the inside of you and he will even show you those things which are to come so that you can do what? Live the God kind of life. That's a life that's in abundance to the full until it overflows. So the Holy Spirit, not only he not only reveals things, he searches all things, yeah, even the deep things of God. So what was it that caused Jesus to be victorious and to be able to live a life to the point where he endured the cross, he, he endured the scourging, he did, endured the betrayals, he endured all kinds of persecutions at, by the very people he came to help. What, called, what mindset did he have that enabled him to be able to do that? And how do we get that mindset? I'm so glad you asked. Now, write these three words down. Submit, commit, resist. Say that with me again. Submit, commit, resist. Now, in accordance to James chapter four, verse number six, I'm reading out of the amplified version. It says this, but God gives more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all other fully. That is why he says, God gets, sets himself against the proud and naughty, but he gives grace. Everybody says grace. God gives grace to who? God gives, gives grace continually to the lowly, those who's, who are humble enough to receive it. So be subject to God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him and he will flee. Now, most of the time when people read that scripture, they read the part where it says, submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee. But it also, it starts off talking about God gives more grace to those who are humble. But it also says that God will actively resist. 
stand against those who operate in pride. So what's the answer? When In order to receive more grace, continuous flow of God's grace, be humble. How do you be, how are you able to be humble? God tells you, submit. Submit to God. Now that word submit there means, according to the Webster's 1828 dictionary, says to surrender, to yield one's person's to yield one's person to the power of another, to give up resistance. Did y'all hear that? Submit means to surrender, to yield one's person to a, the power of another, to give up resistance. Now, a lot of times people believe that they are in submission, but you're not in submission until you don't agree. Now, if you and I agree on a on a subject or on, on a position, and we're walking hand in hand because we both agree on it, that's not submission. Submission is when one person gives an, uh, a position on something and the other person has a different position on it, but the second person gets under, that word submit means get under the mission of another. So if you want to really want to understand in the practical terminology, what the submission means, getting under the mission of another. And that word has been so misused and abused, but we're just going to tell you how to be successful, how to live the God kind of life, how to run your race and win just like Jesus did. Now, what did he do? First thing, submit. Remember we said the first word was submit. So submit means to, sur to surrender to one's persons to the power of another to give up resistance. Now, submitting to God, you submit to God by, you submit to God by submitting to his ways of doing things and being right. How do I submit to God? By submitting to God's way of doing things and being right. Now, commit. The second word is commit. Commit means to give in trust, to put into the hands of power of another, to entrust with. Now, think about that for a second. So the first part says you have to surrender and yield. The second part, commit, means you have to give trust and put your trust into the hands of another. That is, those are the first two keys that says, how was Jesus able to, for, to endure the cross, all the scourging, all the betrayal, all the back by everything he went through, how was he able to do it? He first had to submit. He had to get under the mission, or put, surrender himself to the, power, to the power or authority of another. Who was that? Almighty God. What did he also had to do? He had to commit. What does commit mean? He had to give in trust. He had to put his trust into the hands or the power of another. Who was that? Almighty God. Then what was the third thing he had to do? He had to resist. Now, resist means to literally stand against, to withstand Hence, to act in opposition. Where do you hear 
God say in his word, you are to resist. Resist the adversary. Resist the adversary and he will flee. So I submit, I commit, but I resist the adversary and he will flee. Now, committing also means that you're, you're, you commit your ways to God and your, and your path will be made straight. When you commit your way to God, your path will be made straight. And when it talks about resisting, resist the devil and he will flee. But until you first submit and commit to God, when you try to resist, he will, he will just look at you like you, you ain't got no power. Why? Because you still acting just like me. And this is what God told me to share with you. He says, until you submit to God, you're still walking after your own way, even if you're using biblical principles to justify it. Submitting is to get under the mission he has for the task at hand, for he knows all the ins and outs that you don't know or can't see. Committing your ways means to settle once and for all that I will do it God's way, no matter what the cost, and he will establish your footing as you go his way. Then, when you resist the devil, he will flee because he has no choice when you're doing it God's way. And all of heaven, all of heaven is backing up what you're doing because it lines up with heaven's ways. The issue so many believers are having is they're doing a lot of stuff and not checking to see even if, even if this is God's way of doing things, because he says they ask half-hearted questions and run off before they hear the full answer. Resisting isn't always just in words, but it's more so in actions and in deeds, because your words can say one thing, and your actions be something altogether different. If a person won't submit to God, they won't submit to a man or woman. Did y'all hear that part? If you won't submit to God, you won't submit to a man or woman. If they won't submit to a man or woman, they're demonstrating their lack of commitment and resistance to the adversary will be pointless because they're acting just like him. <laughs> Pause and think about that for a second. When you refuse to when you refuse to submit it is a dem it's an open demonstration of your commitment or lack of trust. So when you're going to try to resist the adversary, it won't you won't get the results that you you're looking for why? Because you're acting just like him. What did he do? He refused to submit. He wouldn't commit and resisted God's way of doing things. How do you know that? Remember, he used his name before he was kicked out of heaven used to be Lucifer. 
but he pride was found in his heart and he was no longer willing to surrender his his power to another he was no longer trusted in god's way of doing things and he actively resisted god and as a result him and the third of the angels was, was booted out of heaven so when when we're acting in in defiance or when we're acting in rebellion we are acting just like take acting like the nature of the adversary and how are you going to tell him to i resist you if you're acting just like him so what did jesus have to do he had to submit he had to commit and then he resisted he had to resist now let's talk about this word sin for a second you know there what, what's the difference what's the difference you hear people talk about sin you hear people talk about transgressions you hear people talk about iniquities where most people will lump them all together but they're not the same Jesus said, I came to take away the sin of the world. Sin simply means you miss the mark. He also bore, he took, uh, he took away our transgressions. How did he, what is, what is our transgressions? Transgression means willful rebellion. So sin is like in the Garden of Eden. Eve sinned because she missed the mark. But Adam transgressed because he willfully rebelled against God because he knew what it was that God said. Eve was deceived, Adam was not. Eve was deceived, Adam was not. And then as a result, what happened? Iniquity was found in their hearts. What is iniquity? Iniquity is perverted character or twisted truth. So on the, it's inside of, now missing the mark and transgressions, though that's one thing but iniquity is actually what's on the inside of your heart and when a person before they're born again they have the nature of sin on the inside they have iniquity within their heart and as a result of it they have a per, they have a perverted character and they have twisted truths pause and think about that for a second but everybody said but jesus bore it all jesus bore it all turn with me over to isaiah 53 and 5 I'm reading out of the King James Version, just for me. He resists, he's submitted, he committed, and he resisted. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5 says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions, or he was wounded for our willful rebellion. He was bruised for our iniquities, or he was bruised for the, for the perverted character and twisted truths. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, talking about Jesus, and with Jesus' stripes, we are healed. If you need healing, receive your healing right now. If you need healing in any area, physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, receive your healing right now. It says, he, and by his stripes, we are healed. Healed means made whole. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every man to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all are the twisted truth and perverted character of us all. Before we became, before Jesus went to the cross, man, everybody was walking around in this nature, but God loved us so much. What did he do? He he, Jesus actually was wounded for all of our willful rebellion. 
and he was bruised for the perverted character and twisted truth that was inside of our spirit man at the time. But God, God loved us so much, he sent his son Jesus just for you, just for me. Now, let's talk about how Jesus is our example. Remember, he submitted, he committed, and he resisted. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version, and it reads as follows. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility, who, although he, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained. But what did he do? But he stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant slave in that he became like men and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself what was the first thing he did? He humbled himself or he submitted to God. He First of all, he had to submit to God. God didn't force him to come. He made the decision to come for you and for me. So he submitted himself to the power or authority of another. Then he trusted, he committed and put his trust in God. So let's see how he did it. The first thing he did, he humbled himself still further and carried with obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. So what did he first have to do? He had to make himself a no reputation. He humbled himself. He became obedient. Not only was he obedient, but he actually carried out that obedience even to the point of death. He carried out his obedience even to the point of death. So he had to submit to the power and plan of God. He had to commit and put his trust in God. And he had to resist the temptation because when death was upon him, he had to submit or humble himself and become obedient to death. Death couldn't take, didn't have any power over. He had to become obedient to death even to the point where he was willing to die. We read about, and when he was in the garden, and when he was in the garden, and he's praying, Father, if there be any way that this cup can pass from me, Lord, let it pass from me. But if not, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, I'm submitted to your will. I I'm committed to, to you. I commit my trust in you, and I'm going to resist the temptation to quit. I'm going to resist the temptation to resist and, and not be obedient to what it is that your word is telling me. What happened as a result of him committing, submitting, and resisting? What, what happened was this. He says, therefore, he even the death of the cross, therefore, because he stopped 
he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow to things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and every tongue, frankly and openly, will confess and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus had to submit, he had to commit, and he had to resist. What do we have to do? We have to submit, we have to commit, and we have to resist. Now, no, remember, no, no one took Jesus' life. No one took his life. In fact, he said in John chapter 10, verse 17, he says this. He says, therefore, doth my father love me because I laid down. There it is again. He laid down his life that I might take it up again. What did he tell him? No man taketh it from me. Taketh what? My life. But I lay my I lay it down of myself and I have power or authority to lay it down and I have power and authority to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my father. So what it is, Jesus said, no man can take my life. I freely, I'm laying down my life because I have the power to lay it down, but I also have the authority to, to take it back up. Glory be to God. Aren't you so glad that he laid it down? But man, aren't you very, very glad that he picked it back up? Glory be to God. Now, what was Jesus' motivation to, what is it? Commit, submit, commit, resist. What was his motivation? Turn with me over to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Just for me, just for you. Glory be to God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Looking away, I'm reading out an amplified version. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Who is? Jesus is the leader and the source of our faith given the first incentive for our belief and it's also its finisher bringing it to maturity and perfection he talking about jesus for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him he endured the cross despising and ignoring the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of god just think about this. Think about this for a second. Jesus, just think about him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all comparison with your trials so, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart, and relaxing and fainting in your minds. So Jesus, his motivation, he saw the prize. What was the prize? He saw you. He saw me. He saw the whole world. Man, if I just 
if I just submit to God, if I commit my trust into his hands, man, and I resist the temptation because Jesus had many times along the way that he could have gave up. He could, he, I mean, he came to his own people. They would not receive him. He, he was bringing them the truth. They would not receive him. They mocked him. They made fun of him. They spit on him. They slapped him. They bruised him. They scorched him. The whole nine yards. And the whole time he was going through all of that, his main focus was you. His main focus was me. He says, I love you so much, Billy. I love you so much, Jane. I love you so much, Milton. I love you so much, June. I love you so much that I'm going to, I'm going to submit to God. I'm, I, I'm so committed to God. I'm putting all of my trust in him and I'm going to resist the adversary when he tries to use people against me because when the adversary was coming against Jesus, he was using people to come against him. He was using people and situations and circumstances, the same thing that he tries to use against you, the same thing he tries to get use against me and he tries to use against the whole world to get people to quit. But when you submit to God, and you say, Father, I'll do it your way, no matter what. I'm committed to you, Father. I'll do whatever it is you tell me to do. Oh, I'm asking you to show me your way, Lord. Lead me in the way that I should go. And Father, I resist the adversary because I'm submitted to God. I resist you, Satan, on every side. Every time you try to come against me, every time you try to come against me, I will resist you in Jesus' name. Can you see that? Glory be to God. He did it for you. He did it for me. But what else happened as a result of him submitting? What happened as a result of him committing? As a result of him resisting? What happened for you? What happened for me? Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says this. Because, I, because Jesus submitted, he committed, and he resisted, and when I make the same decision to submit my life to God, commit my life to God, and resist the temptation to go back to what it is I knew before, when I do all those things and I, and I, I surrender my life to Lord, I surrender my life to Jesus, I lay it down and I commit to him, I put my trust in him, and I resist going back. This is what happened. If any man or woman be in Christ. He or she is a new creation, a new creature, something that has never existed before. What happens? Remember that iniquity, that that perverted character, that twisted truth? He uproots that out of your spirit and he places with him within your spirit a new spirit, a new man, a brand new you, something that's never existed before. It comes on the inside of you. Now your spirit man is brand new. And he puts the CIA, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to be able to help you to continue to submit, to commit and to resist. If you in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things are passed away. What's passed away? That old perverted character and twisted truth and willful, and willful rebellion. Those things are passed away. Behold, everything is made new. When did all that happen? The, after Jesus died and res, rose again from the dead, he bore it all. He bore it all for you. He bore it all for me. Not only that, but what else happened? Jesus was made sin for us, for you, 
for me. He was made sin for the entire world. He was made sin for the entire world and he knew no sin. He had never missed it. He had never missed the mark. And even though he never knew sin, that you, that me might be made, not become, not in the sweet by and by, not when we all get to heaven. No, he made, he was made sin, even though he knew no sin, that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in him. Simply because we made a decision. Man, I believe on what it is Jesus did for me on the cross. I believe he died for me. I believe he was resurrected on the third day. I believe he's sitting at the right hand of the father. And he received all that as a result of him submitting, committing, and resisting. And what are you going to receive today? The moment you make the decision to submit to God, commit to God, and resist the adversary, what do you have? life in abundance to the full until the overflow and you are made the righteousness of God in other words you have right standing with God when right now you don't have to wait for it you don't have to earn it you couldn't do enough to earn it simply because you believe in Jesus simply because you believe in what it is he did for you on the cross simply because you have submitted your life you have made a commitment and because you have resisted the temptation to go back he says this, he says, because you've done it, I will make you right with the Father simply by believing in me. What's the conclusion of it all? John 3, 16. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, whosoever would believe on him would not perish but would have everlasting life or the God kind of life where you have life in abundance to the full till it overflows simply because you made a decision to submit, commit, and resist. Now the world will say, but God sent Jesus into the world to condemn the world. That could not be further from the truth. What do you know? What's that called? Perverted truth or twisted truth from a position of, of a perverted character. God says this. He says, I did not send my son into the world to condemn it. I sent my son into the world that through him, the world might be healed, delivered, made whole, protected, and complete. God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son that we may have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. But how do we get it? We had to first submit, commit, and resist. Who did he do that for? Just for you, just for me. Man, that's what it's all about. The cross, Jesus had a main mission was to restore the kingdom of God. The cross was the means by which he did it. Because there had to be a price paid for the sins of the entire world, past, present, and future. And Jesus paid it all. And all he's asking for us to do, 
I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how long you say you've been walking with the Lord. Man, I don't know how often I do this, but I pray the, the, the salvation prayer often just as a reminder, man, my life is not my own. To you, Lord, I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you, Lord God. I'm submitted to you, Lord God. I'm committed to you. I'm not going to ever turn back. I'm not going to ever give up. I'm not going to ever cave in. And even when I'm saying it with tears going drying down my face, eating spam, eating Roman noodles, phone was about to cut, cut off, the lights about to cut Man, Lord, I'm not moved by any of that. And I resist the temptation to turn back to what it is he brought me from. Will you join me with in doing that today? Will you will you make that commit? Will you make that decision today to submit, to commit, and to resist the temptation to go back? If you are, I just ask you in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, to pray this prayer with me. And this is what it says. It says, in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says. The word of God is near you, even in your mouth, as in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be healed. You shall be delivered. You shall be made whole. You shall be protected. You shall receive salvation. For with the mouth man makes confession and with the heart, we believe unto righteousness. What are we going to do? We're going to confess. We're going to believe. We're going to submit. We're going to commit. And then we're going to resist the temptation to go back to what it is. We want to know why? Because once you accept Jesus, make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior, and he comes on and the Holy Spirit moves on the inside of you, now you're not trying to do it in your own strength. Now you have the CIA, uh, otherwise known as the Holy Spirit, on the inside of your spirit, helping to lead you and to guide you in the way that you should go. And I just ask you, if that's you tonight, I ask you to take your time out and make this prayer with me right now. Pray it out of your mouth, mean it with your heart. And, and, and it goes just like this. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ, he is the son of God. I believe he died for me and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus come into my heart. Save me right now. I repent of my sins, Lord God. I'm sorry, Lord, and I accept your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I'm asking you, fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. I believe I'm born again. I believe I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe I'm born again right now. And I'm now made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, I submit, I commit, and Satan, I resist. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say, amen and glory be to God. Well, if you if that was your very first time, give yourself a hand. If that was your very first time, glory to God, and you have never made
Jesus the Lord of your life, or you made him the Lord of your life, but you know you ain't been living right. Guess what? No condemnation. We're not throwing rocks. Everybody has an area where they, where they need some help in. But I'm going to tell you what your next step is. Your next step after you have received Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, you need to get a Bible teaching church that teaches the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and about the blood and about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to be your guide. He's going to be the one who's going to help lead and guide you into all truth. He's going to be the one who's going to te teach you in all things. He's going to be the one who's going to bring back to your remembrance with the things which Christ has said, and he's the one who will show you those things to come. So I'm, I'm, I'm if you don't have a Bible-based church or you don't have a local church in your area or your church is not meeting right now, and you just want to join us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, man, we love to have you join us and, and invite your friends, invite your family members, man, have a watch party on us and everything. And you, so you can get the word, so you become a doer and not a hero only and begin to renew your mind by the word of God. You ask, how was Jesus able to endure all that he went through? He submitted, he committed, and he resisted. How are you going to be able to overcome, to become all that God has called you to be able to do? You submit, you commit, and you resist. It's the same thing. Because the same thing that Jesus had is the exact same thing that you have. Guess what? You also have brothers and sisters who will always be there to keep, keep your hands lifted up. Whenever you begin to get worried, man, we're right there to help you. So on behalf of Ignite, depot and then the entire entire ignite brigade man we want to thank you for joining us on this good friday celebration and remember this when you submit you commit and you resist then you can have life in abundance to the full until it overflows thank you for joining us tonight have a blessed